Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, November 13th. With about four minutes to play in the third quarter, the Titans led the Colts by four points. Then lurking special teams issues that this team has largely won in spite of for more than just this season, but most of last season as well, finally cost Tennessee in the biggest possible way in the most important game of the year. A shanked 17-yard punt gave the Colts the ball inside the Titans 30. Less than 10 minutes and a grand total of eight offensive snaps later, the Colts had scored not one, not two, but three touchdowns and went from down four late in the third to up 17 halfway through the fourth quarter. After scoring quickly after the shanked punt on offense, the Colts' second touchdown of the series came off a blocked punt after the Titans went three and out. Then the Titans produced a long drive that ended with yet another special teams mistake as Steven Goskowski missed his eighth kick of the year. Indianapolis then proceeded to go 66 yards in four plays for their third touchdown. If you're counting at home, that's 21 Colts points on eight total offensive snaps. That's really hard to do. The Titans' three possessions ended with a 17-yard punt, a blocked punt, and a missed field goal. Then they followed that up, of course, with a turnover on downs just for good measure. It's one of the most bizarre sequences I've ever seen in an NFL game. The problem is, is that it's not really all that surprising. What's surprising is making a run to the AFC title game without the ability to make field goals. And now, without all-star punter Brett Kern, the Titans' special teams are not just a mild concern that may catch up to you at the end of the game, but they are now a massive liability that essentially contributes nothing to the team whatsoever. Clearly, this sequence of atrocious special teams is what tipped the game in the Colts' favor and ended the Titans' chances of victory. Unfortunately, the sad part is that the rest of the team wasn't all that great either. The Titans did very little on defense to slow down Phillip Rivers and company at any point. The Colts did whatever they wanted on the ground or through the air for most of the night, finishing with 430 yards of offense. And their first punt came with three minutes and seven seconds left in the fourth quarter. Offensively, Ryan Tannehill was knocked around again this weekend, this time by the NFL's number one defense as the Titans' banged-up offensive line lost Roger Saffold for the second consecutive game with an injury. This time it was an ankle. Ben Jones missed some snaps as well. Tennessee finished with 294 yards of offense. After 607 yards in the win over Houston in Week 6, the Titans have now had fewer than 300 yards of offense three times in four games. Pittsburgh, Chicago, and now Indianapolis – you know, teams with good defenses have totally shut this team down. And the other game, of course, was the Bengals, which the Titans also figured out a way to lose as well. The gravity of the loss is massive, as the Colts are now tied for first place in the AFC South. They have the tiebreaker and, of course, will host the Titans in two weeks. The bigger issue is how it happened. It wasn't just a bizarre, atrocious sequence of special teams. The Colts were definitively better in all three phases of the game. The Titans still had a lead late in the third quarter and are still a playoff team. But with all the injuries and personnel changes, this coaching staff is going to have to do some serious work to recapture their early season magic. And oh, by the way, they head to Baltimore next week to face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Don't worry, Nashvillians, you Titans fans. Don't worry. I got some good news for you. You get to watch the Masters this weekend and the Vols can't lose. How about that? 
With four games canceled in the SEC this weekend and no real national matchups of note, what do people need to keep an eye on this Saturday in college football? First, can all of the playoff contenders hold serve? Notre Dame, Miami, Wisconsin, and Oregon are all on the road, and Florida hosts a KG Arkansas team in Gainesville. Of course, the Hogs are without their head coach, Sam Pittman, who is recovering from COVID currently, but this team has the ability to press Florida. Well, at least in the first half. Look for Kyle Trask and company to pull away in the second. Florida is currently a 17.5-point favorite entering the weekend. Then there's Vanderbilt's chase for history. No team, of course, has ever gone 0 for 10 in the SEC, and the Commodores are already halfway there. There aren't many chances left for victory on the schedule, but a game against Kentucky might provide a slim opportunity. The Cats are a 16.5-point favorite currently, and both teams will be playing with heavy hearts this weekend after Kentucky offensive line coach John Schlarman passed away on Thursday after a prolonged battle with cancer. Sadly, Vanderbilt and Derek Mason's team can relate to this as they know all about losing one of their own to cancer as defensive assistant Osai Lewis passed away after his own bout with cancer just a few months ago back at the end of May. Honestly, 2020 needs to go walk into traffic. Lastly, South Carolina and Will Muschamp are an 11-point underdog on the road against Ole Miss. The race to hire Hugh Freeze is on in Power 5 football, and Gamecocks fans are already clamoring for the former Rebels coach to come to Columbia. So are they rooting for their team to win or lose this weekend? It should be fun either way. Lots of scoring, lots of points in Oxford. Either way, it's a pretty weak-looking weekend in college football, which, of course, will prompt me to warn people, it's always the Saturdays that you least expect that have the biggest impact on the national championship race. Thank you guys all for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Relax, take a break, take a breath, and of course, have a cocktail. Rate, review, and subscribe, please, to the podcast. Share and tell all your friends. You can follow me, Braden Gall, on Twitter, at Braden Gall, as well as all of the 440 Sports accounts, at 440 Sports on Facebook and Twitter, at 440 Media on Instagram. Again, thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Friday, November 13th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.